Welcome back, everybody, to Sports Talk, coming your way live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Matter of fact, here we are, the NFL Media Workroom. It is the 2022 NFL Draft. You just heard from Adrian Broadus. He's right next to me, excited about that, and we've got some friends here as well. Laying Down the Law, it's a show that uh, originates uh, Sunday mornings on uh, ESPN San Antonio. You know the Foss, Steve Foster, who joins us regularly on the show. He is here uh, next to us, along with Chris Fernandez. Now, these two are the dynamic duo. It's basically what Adrian and I do on Sports Talk every day, except they are the Sunday morning show out at uh, ESPN San Antonio. So they are both along for the ride as well for the next couple of days as we get you ready for the 2022 NFL Draft. All right, gentlemen, welcome aboard. Uh, I've got so much to talk about. Uh, Angel Munoz is here at our 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo Studios as we come your way live for the next two hours and 30 minutes. Adrian, first, let's start with you. First trip to Vegas. What has this experience been like for you since we touched down here about 6.45 in the morning? That's right, Steve. Woke up today 2.30 in the morning, El Paso time, got ready. We, I got in the car, was at the airport around uh, 4.15, 4.30, getting ready for our flight at 6 o'clock, running on fumes right now. But I am excited because you could just feel the energy out here in Las Vegas. Everybody just wearing to- all different jerseys yep. across the board. So much excitement. And the NFL draft brings hope. It brings hope to fan bases because they can realize, hey, this is their time to build on their future, draft a new prospect, and see what they can do in the future. So this experience so far in Vegas, it's been a blast. We've seen a lot of fans, a ton of fans actually, more Lions fans than I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Like the whole st- uh, the whole city of Detroit showed up here in Vegas. Yeah, I love the Matt Stafford jerseys. I think they get half a ring after the Rams won a Super Bowl this past year. So I, I love that right there, Steve. Seen a lot of Jaguars jerseys, fans uh, from Jacksonville, very excited about the first overall pick tonight. And then, uh, you, know, you know, a lot of Vegas fans as well, of course. This is the home team in Las Vegas right here and uh Ra- raider fans have come out in in the masses today yeah there's been some freak shows out here let's let's be honest oh, yeah. there are some fans that t- take it a little uh a-, a little extreme and you were there to capture them with some videos you're gonna have and pictures you're gonna have a great gallery coming up on the website i feel like i've just got to roam the streets tonight and just try to get the best photos available because yeah. early today i had so much success taking photos of absolute psychos but they're yeah. they're fun psychos man they're like nfl diehards and they're wearing they're dressing up they're wearing face paint they've got masks on with like Darth Vader masks on and crazy stuff like that so this has been a lot of fun so far is it what you expected Vegas to be since it's your first trip here? oh yeah this is what I expected and more uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to all the unexpected Good. parts that are coming up here uh, soon enough that'll be fun uh, I want to introduce Chris Fernandez to all of you out there folks uh, he is El Paso uh, native graduated Hanks a year before the FOSS they knew each other from their days playing football they worked together on the radio out in San Antonio Chris uh, appreciate you making your debut here on 600 ESPN El Paso, and thanks for being along for the ride. Absolutely. A, ple- a pleasure to join you guys. Uh, absolutely a pleasure. Appreciate the opportunity. Uh, my first trip to Vegas as well. Well, that's incredible because, uh, like I mentioned, you've done a lot over the years. You've been a lot of places with the FOSS, so somehow Vegas has eluded you until this trip. It has. Uh, it's, it's never been a destination that I wanted to come. FOSS told me we needed to do this, the at the uh, draft this year. Absolutely excited to be here. Like you, just so so many different 
different teams and, and people representing. It, it, it's an incredible atmosphere. I love the ties you have with El Paso, too, especially growing up in the east side of town, playing football for Hanks, and, and obviously your relationship with Foss, which goes 40 years back. But it's great. You guys are now both together in Austin, yet you link up on the sports radio angle, and you've got that El Paso connection just like he does. Absolutely. It's just it's an honor. It, it, it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a great ride uh, riding with Foss. We, we do a lot of things. We have a lot of fun. Uh, always got to have fun doing what you're doing, and, and, and Foss and I really do that all the time. You got here a couple of days ago. What's it been like for you? I'll tell you, last night I was running on fumes. I think it was a 24, maybe 25-hour day for us. I was up in the morning, uh, like yourselves, getting, getting ready to get here at the airport by 4.15. Yep. Flew up here and then just spent the day uh, getting, doing some interviews, uh, helping some peers out you know, throughout the day. And then finishing the day off with a bunch of a bunch of radio folks just enjoying the the area. Well, that's awesome. It's great to have you aboard. Looking forward for the next couple of days. I with appreciate you, Chris. the opportunity. That means it's now time for the Foss, Steve Foster, who's here. He's all oh, smiles. Man. You are excited, aren't you? This is uh, this is what it's all about. Getting a chance to spend a, a couple of days broadcasted live from the draft. Well, I feel like the Pied Piper, you know. So my deal is. I got to get the crew. I feel like I'm the team captain. You know, Cappy, you're, you're, the, you're, you're the GM, though. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're the guy. However, I, I feel like I've been given team captain duties. And, you know, I want to incorporate, you know, 600 ESPN El Paso into the world of the NFL. And we're coming strong. We're four deep. And uh, we're ready to go. We're baby. matching. Yeah, yeah. We, all, we all wear we the are. same polos. Look How's that? We look good. We look pretty dang good, too. <laughs> uh, I feel good about that. And, and matter of fact, we're walking – um, around all the fans that were just waiting to get into the draft here, which starts uh, two hours from now. Funny enough, they were all yelling El Paso when they saw the uh, shirts. They they re- they recognized uh, 600 ESPN El Paso. Yeah, we're bringing the 915 to Las Vegas, and I love the fact that we're doing this right now. Uh, we're decked out in uh, in this white in these white polos tomorrow. We're rocking the black. So uh, yeah, we, we've got the uniform uniform going right here. Uh, 600 ESPN El Paso live in Las Vegas. A little more than 10 minutes from now, Mel Owens will join us. He is a former Ram, a ninth overall draft pick in that loaded 1981 draft which was star-studded. He is also a, a good friend of the Fosses. What a surprise. So Mel Owens <laughs> will join us uh, coming up here uh, a little more than 10 minutes from now. You and Chris were yesterday spending time at the NFL Draft Experience. Yes. You had a chance to go uh, toe-to-toe with a lot of the guys that are going to be called uh, tonight on the uh, you know in the first round and get a chance to do a little uh, bear hug with the commish as they find <laughs> out uh, where they're playing on Sundays. You know, it is true, at least for this week, that the early bird gets the worm. Uh, Chris and I came on Wednesday, and there was the opportunity, media availability, and sometimes you don't know as 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 we uh, fondly uh, figure out from time to time, is it going to be a 15-minute deal, or is it going to be really an opportunity to truly uh, ask the questions and get a feel for uh, the personalities of these NFL prospects, yes. top NFL prospects, and it was the latter. We really had an opportunity to interact, interface, and engage with folks that are going to be taken off the board tonight, sitting in the green rooms with their supporters, families, and their lives are going to be changed with the, you know, basically the stroke of a selection and them being able to walk across, as you mentioned, and it's just a great setup. Uh, throughout Vegas, the Las Vegas Boulevard is shut down in front of Caesars and the Bellagio, and then across where we are at the Caesars Forum. Um, it, it's going to be life-changing for a lot of folks. And you know what? Some of them we know. 
That's true. <laughs> that is true. So uh, I'm excited about that. And, and for us, uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun. But for you, uh, you go back with some of these, uh, these great uh, pro prospects to their high school days in, in Texas in the yes. Austin area. So yes. it's funny how, you know, three, four years after you saw them star locally, right. now they got a chance to become multimillionaires in the NFL. Yeah, and, you know, here's the thing, uh, and Garrett Wilson said it best. He held on to his dream and didn't let go. Yes, there was support from his family, his coaches, his friends, a lot who will be represented this evening. But he was the one that rightfully so said, I had to believe in me along with everyone else. Others can't want it more than you. And he's taken that and the other top picks that we'll see and we're debating i'm sure throughout uh until 5 p.m uh here pacific time who will be that number one pick well, but most of these gentlemen will be uh secure after this evening that's the question because uh if you look at the latest mocks from guys like mel kuyper and also todd mcshay they've got trayvon walker from georgia going number one right now to jacksonville adrian's mock which he put up yesterday still has aiden hutchinson going number one and that's the classic debate they're both edge rushers. It's going to be one of those uh, A versus B for years. Chances are whoever doesn't take um, one will take the other, whether it's Detroit or Jacksonville. And, you know, when you've watched Hutchinson at Michigan and Walker at Georgia, who would you give the edge to if you're the Jags right well, now? Well, here's the interesting thing because Aiden Hutchinson has a dad who was in his household talking to him, and that legacy to me plays such a part if you think about great stars in professional sports there usually has a family connect now i guess tom brady didn't have one but i guess since he went to michigan advantage aiden hutchison and the fact of the matter that steve hutchison his dad could work with him at the dinner table and and get him to a point where even if he wasn't on the national championship team as georgia is represented now he still has something 24-7 that's different than most people. 100%. Now, and and that's another thing, okay, because when you look at Trayvon Walker, his numbers weren't exactly dominant uh, for the years he was playing at Georgia. In fact, nine and a half sacks, 13 tackles for a loss, and a forced fumble. That wasn't his final season. That was his career at Georgia. So this is a classic example of projection. It's a classic example of what somebody can do in their workouts and teams dream of what could be as opposed to Hutchinson, who is already a finished product, who has dominated ever since he uh, really hit the field at Michigan. So what, what is the big debate right now? Is it the physical traits? Because I think that's what it is right now with Trayvon Walker. When you look at him, you say, yes, his physical traits are a notch above Aiden Hutchinson which could be the reason why he's taken first overall by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, with Hutchinson, he's proven it. He's done it at the college level. He's done it at the highest level when you're talking about Big Ten competition. So do you want a guy who you you value his upside in Trayvon Walker, or do you want somebody who's maybe more of that conservative pick, and that's Aiden Hutchinson? I don't know if that's conservative. What I'm saying is you got a guy that's performed. You got a guy that you know he's made tackles. He's sacked people in a Power Five conference. Yeah. You know, I, the worst word in the English language is potential. Because if you don't reach it, you're just sitting there stewing with a guy who had some good measurables. But my measurables are 
sacks, sure, <laughs> tackles yeah. for loss, pass breakups. Production. Production. Yes, absolutely. And, a- I, and I'm with you, Foss. If, if I'm picking, if I'm going to choose, I'm going to go with Aiden Hutchinson before before Trevon because it's proven. He, he, has the, he has the stats. He has the performance. Yes. It's there Guys, already. We see it in sports all the time, especially in the NBA. Teams are enamored with potential. They're enamored with physical skills, overproduction sometimes, and they can dream on that, and ultimately they'll pay for it in a few years if they don't uh, if they don't turn into something. Yeah, this is definitely Chet Holmgren versus Jabari Smith right now. That's what it kind of feels like between Hutchinson and, and Walker, and we're going to see that NBA kind of draft you know play out as that as that goes on. But you know, when it's all said and done, I do think that now that you're seeing the prognosticators side with Trayvon Walker, now that you're seeing everybody go with the pass rusher out of Georgia, maybe he is the first overall draft pick, but we will always put Walker and Hutchinson side by side for the rest of their career and judge them based on their production, and we'll see who got it right when it's all said and done. I'd actually put Kayvon Thibodeau ahead. That's another one. Of, of, of you interviewed Walker. Thibodeau. You spent time with Thibodeau. What was your impression of him when you had a chance to sit down with the Oregon star? Well, he loves Von Miller, so if you're going to take the Super Bowl yep. 50 MVP, a guy from Texas who I yep. know has skill sets from high school football, and you know Von Miller now wins his second Super Bowl with the Rams. I think Thibodeau, it's crazy to call him the sleeper, but a guy who says, I want to be a well-rounded person. Because remember, back in the day, y'all, back in the 70s, some of these guys had second jobs outside of the NFL. Well, if you have a guy who's in the lights of the 70s stars, and we had the Cowboys, the Steelers, you know, Washington and, and, and different teams that had guys that are in the Hall of Fame. I'm not mad if you get a throwback guy like that who wants to be a well-rounded person and who has produced in the Pac-12 already. And when you you know during his conversation or your conversation with him, he alluded to the fact that he is talking to and working with Vaughn. You know, to get that experience, to get that insight on on how it works at the next level. So you you got to be impressed by that kind of effort. Guys, I want to talk more about the prospects you both saw yesterday, some of the players that really impressed you with the way they handled the conversation, the interviews, and some of the players you just love heading into this draft. Now, the one thing we have not done yet, and I say we meaning Adrian and myself, we haven't done the NFL draft experience. We want to do that tomorrow, so that's definitely on the list. It was hard enough getting credentialed today because going from line to line, figuring out where that was going to be, but now we're here. Now we're off the ground. we got Mel Owens coming up next. We're going to talk to a guy that had a terrific career with the Rams, ninth overall pick in the 81 draft. So we'll do that coming up here on Sports Talk Live from the 2022 NFL Draft. The show is presented today by the Window Depot and brought to you by 915 Tours, Clean Water of El Paso, Palo Verde Homes, Cisco Movers, Longhorn Distributing, Taco Avocats, Expert HVAC and Refrigeration, CNM Body Works and Roto Rooter. It's Sports Talk Live, heading out to Charlie One, who has our first traffic update of the afternoon. Back live from the 2022 NFL Draft. Mel Owens will uh, join us here momentarily. We'll talk to the former Ram and, and uh, ninth overall pick of the 1981 NFL Draft and get his memories of what that was like 40-plus uh, years ago. In the meantime, as we continue, I'm taking a look at uh, Twitter and uh, this tweet came in from Rod Munch at MunchRod69. What happened to the old phone number, Rod Munch asks. Well, 
Rod, that's a great question. You know, all good things eventually have to come to an end after a while, so we switched it up, and now we have the new 915-505-6009 number. And, Rod, I'll be honest with you. This number is a month old. I still don't know it. I'm not ready for it yet. I still have the 880 number the way we uh, had it for years. So, uh, you know, it's uh, sometimes things just change around here. So we had to make the switch. We did. Now we've got 600 for like 600 ESPN El Paso in the phone number. It's exciting. That's right, and uh, that phone uh, that phone number is open for business. If you want to talk some NFL draft storylines with us, want to talk some local storylines with us, that phone number is in business. Give us a call, and we'll uh, we'll talk some NFL draft storylines with you. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be sure. That'll be a lot of fun for us. Hey, uh, meantime, guys, we talked so much about the Hutchinson Walker debate that. There's a lot of other really good prospects that are going to be top ten picks. And you look at offensive tackles, whether it's Evan Neal, whether it's Iki Iguanu, who's getting a, a ton of love right now. And and that's not all. I mean, there, there are other. Uh, Charles Cross is considered a potential pick to the Giants in the top five. So there's so many interesting names, guys, that tackle really is a deep position here in the top ten. Well, you know, you can't do anything really in football without a good line. I don't care if it's offense or defense. And that's the reason why you can see linemen go because they're pretty safe picks. Yeah. You know, occasionally there's some guys, you know, I mean, way back, Tony Mandarich was a big bust because, you know, the Michigan State product, he was like all worldy. Again, he had all these numbers, but was he making the blocks consistently? That's what you want. You had a guy like Jonathan Ogden, who you couldn't miss, a guy 6'8", you know, he was the unbelievable guy I've seen him but for the Ravens so those line picks are, are pretty solid whenever you want to get to it Cappy I know there's a bevy of wide receivers Tons. that are going to come real quick I, I just want to hit on one th- one person I really love and as far as an offensive tackle Evan Neal because he plays yes. he's played both tackle yes. positions I yes. like versatility in my yes. offensive lineman he's now also you're played a little bit right of guard Yes. So Evan Neal out, yes. out of Alabama. I know a lot of people want to talk about Iki Aquanu, rightfully so. Yes. NC State standout, offensive tackle. He's sure. going to be a great player in the NFL. But if I had to choose, I would definitely take Evan Neal out of the You're two. You're absolutely right, Adrian, because versatility in the NFL is key. You've got those. You've got ch- times when they're going to have to change position to support what the, you know what the team needs, and and I think you're absolutely hit the nail on the head. I think the biggest question is who grabs Evan Neal when they have the opportunity. I've seen one draft where he's projected <laughs> to go to uh, Carolina. Um, you know, others. Uh, Adrian's got him number three overall to Houston. I mean, there's a lot of potential about where he could end up when it's all said and done. Does he go towards the bottom half of the well, top see, ten? Where does he get? Where does he go? The, the, the Texans would not be hurt by taking Evan Neal because whoever they have as a quarterback, yeah. they're going to need to have blocking. For sure. <laughs> no, that's true. End of story. you got to have it. Absolutely. Let's jump to the phones right now. And uh, joining us uh, live uh, on the 600 ESPN El Paso hotline is a, a former ninth overall pick of the 1981 draft. Spent his whole career as a Ram. That's right. Mel Owens uh, joins us here live on uh, Sports Talk as we continue. Mel, first off, we appreciate you uh, giving us a little time here on, on draft day. And uh, I'm sure for you, brings back a lot of memories. Uh, one of the favorite times of the year um it's always good memories i had the the uh, good fortune of being drafted uh especially 
not so much in the first round, but by my my favorite team of all time, the Los Angeles Rams. Loved them when I was a kid, and I got drafted by them. So, you know, I was in heaven. Tell me this much, Mel. You grow up in, in Michigan. You could have said you grew up a Lions fan. How come, as a as a kid, the Rams uh, were your favorite team? Was it just, uh, you know, watching what that defense could do and, and essentially all the havoc they wrecked uh, in the 70s? Uh, what was it about the Rams? Well, partly, uh, yeah, one, one of the elements correct, uh, my favorite player of all time is Deacon Jones. And when I was uh, in Pop Warner, Deacon was a was a menace. And he was my favorite player. Obviously played for the Rams. And always the Rams were the afternoon game. It came on at four o'clock, one o'clock game. There was always green and, and, and palm trees and you know, I was just amazed at the scenery. So I, got, I, I just attached myself to the, to the Los Angeles Rams, and I never really was a Lions fan for the mere fact that they, they sucked. And they <laughs> suck now. And, and, and you know, uh, truthfully, they'll always suck because of the culture that they have in, in Detroit uh, with the Lions. I'm a Tiger fan, but I'm not a Lions fan. So... Uh, there it is in a nutshell why, why I love the Rams. And I got drafted by them. And I, I was uh, obviously in heaven. Mel, I look back at the 81 draft. It's about the most loaded, star-studded draft you're going to find, uh, whether it was LT, Kenny Easley, Ronnie Lott. We're just naming Hall of Famers right now in the first round. Mike Singletary was in the second round. So was Howie Long, Ricky Jackson. Then you had Russ Grimm in the third round. It's ridiculous. Matter of fact, Lott was picked right before you. So San Fran takes Lott, and then you go to the Rams at, at number nine. Well, uh, Everson Walls is in that draft as well. Uh, well, you know, but no, but you know what? You know what, Mel? My cousin was not drafted. He had to go to the Cowboys as an undrafted free agent. Who, who's that? Everson. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. Well, I'm sorry. I, well, I don't know if I said he was drafted, but he was in the draft. Yes. Yeah. Right. No, Everson is also a Hall of Fame caliber player. I think he has fifty. He has fifty interceptions or something. Something ridiculous. Oh, yeah. yeah, and one of so two players to lead fame. the NFL uh, in interceptions three years, and then back to back one of those uh, opportune times. So you you knew right. it. So, you play against him. So I, I, I knew it. I played against him. And and uh, I, I call him a friend. Um, and what he told me is he did all the. Uh, 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 um, detail on it he said this is the the 81 draft is the greatest draft in nfl history i believe you know the depth the the players longevity you know you know remember the 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 transition from um the old football to the new generation was right around that time because in 82 there was a strike and then 87 there was another strike and that ushered in the big TV money and also ushered in free agency. So you have the 81 draft, you know, preceding 82, 87, 
and that put all of this in motion. So, arguably, it's going to be one of the best drafts in the history of the NFL overall. Mel Owens with us here on Sports Talk as we continue right now at the bottom of the hour. Mel, tonight, uh, as you can imagine, red carpet. Uh, I've seen outfits that I can't even begin to imagine how much they must cost some of these athletes to purchase. Um, in, it's, whether it's uh, the elaborate necklaces, the, the suits, doesn't matter. In 1981, the draft was a much different production than it is today. In fact, Mel, there wasn't a production uh, with the draft in 1981. Am I correct? No, there was a production, but it was um, not that uh, elaborate. Um, and I Googled myself just to see. And I was, you know, when they announced me, Mel Kuyper was talking. And they go, well, they just announced Mel Owens, and we'll go to break. So, uh, you know, they came back and didn't, didn't talk about the next draft pick. I actually um, had a phone call from the Rams just before the pick and said, we're going to pick you the ninth pick, you know, coming up. So it was maybe a 10-minute lag time or 15-minute lag time. I think in between rounds, then it was like, I, I think, 15 minutes or so, or maybe more. So uh, I was watching the draft at my uh, house in Ann Arbor, Michigan, you know, I went to Michigan, and I was watching it on my 13-inch uh, Mitsubishi TV. <laughs> and it was 13 inches, and it, it was colored, though. And on top, it had the cable box that you had to change manually. And, uh, you know, that's how I found out. And then later on, you know, they announced it, and they, came, they circled back two or three picks later to recap and so there was not much of much fanfare uh, like there is now with, um, like you said, all the the uh, pomp and circumstance uh, of of getting drafted. But you know, back then it was the the, the beginning of it all. And again, this, that my era ushered in the, the you know the new football, the big TV, the the, the big money, uh, the you know the cable TV. So it's just a different time. You know, and I'm happy for him now. You know, love it. It's a spectacle. Mel wanted to ask you about the current prospects. A lot of great wide receivers available. A lot of great defensive ends and, and, and players in the secondary. Who are some of your favorite prospects in this year's draft? You know, I, I, I really don't pay attention too much to the individual players. I mean, I know the guys at the top. And there's, a, there's a tons of mock drafts. Um, but you know, you know, you have the, the the player from Michigan, Hutchinson. You got the guy from Georgia, um, and there's a there, there's one I, I don't know all their names, but the lineman from 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 Alabama, the six foot seven. Yeah, Evan Neal. That's right. Okay, that's the guy I pick. That's the guy I pick because those guys Tell me why. will be, those guys will be around for fifteen years. And if, he, and, if, and if he has a work ethic, he's going to be great. Um, I, I believe he played, uh, you know, left and right tackle. I think he played guard as well. So he, he's, he's versatile. Um, when you play those multiple positions, you know the line calls. You've got to be intelligent. You've got to be good. He's, uh, it's uh, it's SEC team, obviously, going to the top talent. He's going to be around forever. Now everybody says we need edge rushers, we need quarterbacks. You need athletic 
linemen. If you get athletic linemen, you're going to be in business. That's why I would pick him overall number one, and nobody's going to say boo about it. You know, if if, if um, the the player from Georgia ends up being the next Lawrence Taylor, so be it. We want guys who are going to last 10, 15 years in the league and have a lot of productivity and protecting the quarterback as well as being nimble on the line and being very athletic. That's why I would go with that guy. Mel, going back to 1981 when you get draft, drafted, you get the call. You, you, you hear your name on uh, getting announced. What's the first thing you think? How, how does it feel? What, what is your, your fondest memory of that moment? I, going to I, Sizzler? I, I, <laughs> no, almost, almost, yeah. And I'm not, a big, I'm, I'm not a big spiritual guy, right? But I knew at that moment there was a God. Because that way, for me being picked, I thought to myself, I go, God, there, there's a God. I'm going to California with my favorite team. That was my first impression. And aside from that, I was just so happy that I was picked by my favorite team. And I was going to California. I really didn't want to go to Detroit. I did not want to go to Cincinnati. I didn't want to go to Cleveland. I just didn't want to go to those teams. I grew up. I grew up in Detroit. I I I, I, I was lucky. I, I went to the Rams. Remember, in, in back then, the Rams had traded up from I believe nineteen to nine. The Redskins it might have been even twenty six. I think it was nineteen traded to, to nine. In my agent at the time, remember this is before the internet or any any of these. Um, Logarithms where they can, you know, you can figure out mock draft. That's all they traded for for you. They just got rid of Hacksaw Reynolds, and Bob Brzezinski had just left, gone, gone to Miami. So, uh, you know, I was I was happy. I mean, there was no free agency, so if you're gonna get stuck somewhere, you might get stuck in L.A. and not Detroit. Mel, we were talking about the difference between some of these prospects. One of the, and I say this is the worst word in the English language, potential. Don't you want a, a player that's already shown you that he can sack a quarterback, a guy that shows that he can have the interceptions, a guy that can show you he can block, not a guy, you know, I, we talked about, you know, Trayvon Walker, but nine sacks over his career in the SEC, I, I don't need a guy that can't get the double-digit sacks. I need a guy that's doing it and he's going to continue to do what he's always done that's what you did at michigan when you came back for the extra year they knew they were going to get someone who could tackle on the second level not a guy who maybe ran a 4-4 and had a 40 inch vertical but didn't tackle anybody i agree i i I have two boys one's in high school and one's in eighth grade and they always go hey high potential guy that's that's one of the worst words in the athletic dictionary if not the worst thank you is potential. I agree with you. I'm looking at a guy who's going to put in who's going to put in the work and already has production. Yes. You know, sometimes you, you get you, you get um, um, misty eyed about the you know the six foot five, four five. You know, runs like a like a like a D back. You know, change of direction you know, like a state. Yeah, you can't get mesmerized by that. Um, that's why I'm, I'm going with the, the SEC guys, the, the offensive tackle. I know what I'm getting. You know, if, you, if you're looking at Hutchinson, I think he had 14 sacks um, yes. in, his, in his last year. And he came back, I think, for a fourth year. He could have gone out, out early. He might have been a fifth year, but I think his fourth year. 
um, it's proven. Um, and you're looking at work ethic. Uh, you know, you, you want a guy who's going to be around for, for a while. Uh, not, not four or five years, but, you know, for, for a, a decade. Um, that's what you're looking at. Someone can, you can hold down that, that, uh, that position. And uh, some of them are unsung, the, the linemen. But, man, when you get an, uh, an offensive lineman who's athletic, you, you, you can't go wrong. And that's not potential. That's proven. Exactly. Former Rams linebacker Mel Owens joining us here on Sports Talk. Mel, when you were taken ninth overall in 81, you were the fourth linebacker off the board at that point. LT went number two to the Giants. EJ Jr. goes number five to the Cardinals. And Hugh Green went number seven overall to the Bucks. And there you are uh, to the Rams. This year, Devin Lloyd was a tackling machine at Utah. A, an absolute monster. He is projected to be the first linebacker off the board in the late teens. That's how much the game has changed and how linebackers just are not valued the same way in the draft now the way they were when you were coming out uh, back in 81. I like that guy. That guy is a tackling machine. He's the real deal. He's going to play a long time, hard-nosed. He, he can play. The, the, I was a four-down four linebacker, meaning I played on nickel, uh, I played on special teams, played you know the running downs, passing downs. Now nowadays, they, 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 it's more specialized. You want to give guys rest. You know you, they've gone to a different you know scheme, obviously. But when you get a guy who can can cover and play the run and you know cover tight ends and you know carry guys down the middle and can run like safeties and he can hit, that's another guy you want to take. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of good quality players. And they're going to pick up some diamonds in the rough in the later rounds. You, you just do. Everson Walls was a guy. You just do. That's where your homework comes in. Um, and I, I, I don't like to get mesmerized by the height, weight, and speed because I know that a lot of guys um, can, can do that. They're, they're combine guys. But look at the tape. If he's hard-nosed, he, does he have um, – a, a body of work where he's played consistently, not missed a lot because of injuries, and then that's the guy I'm going to take. Before I wrap things up with you, Mel, uh, when your playing days were over, you went to law school and became a lawyer, which uh, I think is a terrific, terrific thing, especially since uh, Steve is right next to us, and, and Foss knows a little something about going from uh, football to, uh, to law school and, uh, and, and passing the bar. What was it like for you transitioning after football and then going into, uh, going into law like you did uh, here about 15, 20 years ago? It was, it was tough because I had not been to school for about 15 years even though I took some classes. Before that, I was a, um, an analyst for Merrill Lynch. I passed my Series 7, and I got the uh, Series 63 um, um, designations um, in the financial area. Uh, and then uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to go to business school, and my agent, who was also an attorney, um, uh, he goes, go to law school, it'll serve you better. I took his advice. I went to law school, and it has served me better. Um, it was tough, but you know, as former as a former athlete, um, you know, we know how to grind. 
we know what it takes. You know, 5 a.m. in the morning is, is just a number. doesn't matter. We, we, you know, we persevere. Um, we like the challenge. Uh, we like the hard work. Um, and all, all those things, you know, uh, came over with me from, from playing football. So um, the transition was tough, but it was, you know, worth every bit of the effort. Awesome. Mel, terrific career in football, terrific life after football. Hey, we appreciate the time. Thanks for giving us uh, so much time today and talking about everything draft-related in your career. And uh, look forward to the next time we get to chat with you here on the show. Hey, anytime, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a good time tonight. You as well. Mel Owens uh, joining us uh, here on Sports Talk as we continue. Uh, what a guy. What a great uh, just perspective, guys. He Brought, he, he just took everything and really kind of uh, brought it out and, and, and put it into perspective when you really look at the game of football, what it was like for him and, and what it's going to be like for all these guys here tonight. So many great draft stories that came from him. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's great to get a perspective from somebody from a different generation now that the draft has changed so much now. I, I mean, really, it's a red carpet that, that they're talking about right now. It's the fashion. It's the, 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 the you know, the peril the that the guys that are yep. wearing right now ahead of the draft. And it was so much different uh, back then. So, yeah, great perspective it's right crazy, there. It's crazy, though, to start the show on draft day with a top ten pick. Yeah. And looking at the top ten guys that were around him. Ridiculous. Well, just the people in his class. I mean, oh, it, right. was, it was crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Crazy exactly. loaded with talent. No, unbelievable. So, awesome stuff. Again, Mel Owens here with us in our first hour of the show. we got plenty more coming up. We're live from the 2022 NFL Draft here in the media workroom at Caesars. Come back with more in a moment. Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk, back live from the NFL Draft, presented by the Window Depot. Brought to you by Longhorn Distributing, Cisco Movers, Clean Water of El Paso, 915 Tours, Palo Verde Homes, Taco Avocado, Expert HVAC Refrigeration, Roto-Rooter, and CNM Body Works. Along with Adrian Broaddus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. An old friend of ours, Mike Tipton, is here uh, in Vegas as well and uh, making his first trip for the NFL Draft. Uh, I know this is a fun one for you because you get to reunite with a lot of people from Bristol yes. that you worked with over the years at ESPN Radio. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be having some uh, libations a little bit later on today with my good friend Jason Fitz. Uh, he asked me to voice, because he loves the melodious sounds of this voice for whatever reason, <laughs> he asked me to uh, voice an intro for ESPN TV today. So whenever you're listening or watching the draft, you'll hear that familiar voice. It'll be me uh, just over the top excited for the NFL draft. How much fun has it been for you reuniting with some of these guys? Because you haven't worked in Bristol in a couple of years now, but I know uh, you had a blast doing it, and you've kept in touch with a lot of these guys. You told me that they were friends for life, and oh, yeah. as they're covering the draft, whether it's on the television side or the radio side nationally, you still uh, have a lot of people that you worked with that uh, I'm sure you're going to get to uh, reunite with here in the next couple days. Yeah, and, and one of the coolest parts about it is there's a guy that I went to the uh, the Air Force with. He and I were both enlisted at the exact same time. We both got out of the Air Force at the same time. Uh, he got a job at ESPN. I got a job up at ESPN. And now he's here in Vegas working for the UFC. And he's one of four Titans fans, I believe, that are actually outside. They have the least representation to the Tennessee Titans. And it's cool, like, running into him. It's yeah. cool running into my friends from, uh, from Bristol as well. And that's the best part about it is it is kind of like a, like a fraternity and a family. And that's... Like I said, that's that's one of the coolest parts is just like being able to look at my phone and be like, oh, okay, well, I know that guy. What's this whole NFL experience for the draft been like for you? 
It's insane, especially coming yesterday with all the stuff that, that they had. The, the Watching the players embrace the community, watching the players, you know, play with the kids, instructing the kids yesterday at the Play 60 event on how to properly tackle, how to throw a football correctly, and just seeing the way that they're so emotionally invested. Yeah. That's something that means so much whenever you try to look at the future, what football is going to be. And these guys are, are being great examples of, you know, setting the bar where it needs to be for the NFL to continue. You got a chance to go to the NFL experience. What were some of the takeaways you had from some of the prospects that you got a chance to interact with? It was amazing seeing some of them because there were a few that you kind of felt bad for because you know sauce Gardner is going to have like all his people around Aiden Hutchinson was just followed by everybody but then you'd have like the random guy over there who has zero people talking to him so you kind of feel like an obligation because you make that awkward eye contact like yeah, not, I gotta go talk to this guy now so you just walk over there and like look buddy like it's gonna get better it's gonna be a good time and just hearing their stories like how excited they are because it's a dream come true right yeah. like you are living out your wildest dream this guy over here Steve Foster he knows that and it's, it's amazing just seeing them. And the second you ask them, like, well, what does this mean to you? And the way their eyes light up, that's where you know it's so genuine with these guys. And that's, that's so reinvigorating whenever you look at, like, sports. Because most of the time we think, oh, people are in for the money. Now these guys are doing this because they love it. You're going to try to stay here in the media room during the draft or work your way in and see what the big spectacle is going to be like when this thing gets started in about an hour? Uh, when that thing gets started in about an hour, I expect to be about four or five libations deep. And enjoying all Vegas has to offer because I told you this city was not ready for me. Well, now it is, right? <laughs> Good to see you. Thanks for spending some time with us and uh, look forward to uh, what's going to be a next a great couple of days for you for sure. It's going to be a great couple of days for all of us here, Stephen. Thank right. you so much. You know, I got nothing but love for you. I appreciate you so much, my friend. You got a tip. Mike Dipton, folks, in El Paso uh, to Vegas with us as well as he's covering the NFL draft uh, here as we continue. Come back with more Hour 2 live uh, from uh, Caesars uh, on 600 ESPN El Paso. Start of Hour number 2 here on Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. Steve Kaplowitz with you. We've got a a full house uh, here at Caesars in the NFL Media Workroom. Uh, Steve Foster, the Foss, is with us. Chris Fernandez making his 600 ESPN El Paso debut today alongside the Foss every Sunday for laying down the law on ESPN San Antonio. And they are here with us today along with Adrian Broaddus making its first trip uh, to Vegas. Uh, Excited about that. Just uh, had a chance a moment ago to see uh, Jamie Apodi, who is a former sports director for uh, KDBC in El Paso, about... 15, 20 years ago. She's been in Philadelphia ever since as the sports director there. And uh, Jamie's going to stop by in a little bit and give us kind of the Eagles perspective. She's been doing live shots with drunk Elvises, talking dinosaurs. It's been, a, it's, been a, it's been a Vegas freak show for her so far. So it seems like it's right up our alley, Steve, because yes. it seems like we dealt with, with this earlier today as we were kind of uh, roaming the streets here in Las Vegas getting ready for the NFL draft. And, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. How about the 915 connection right here? We're in Vegas and we get another 915. Connection. I love it. It's crazy. So you think about people that have gone on to uh, some incredible things. You know, Raul Martinez left El Paso, and he started in Denver, then went to Boston. He left sports. Now he's doing news anchoring, I think, in the mornings. And now we've got Jamie here. From She flew in from Philadelphia. She covers the Eagles and is always on location. We just got uh, Mike Tipton a little while ago from El Paso, who's here covering the draft as well. So it's a lot of people here. It's like the, uh, the El Paso connection, along with both Foss and Chris, who are El Paso natives. Foss played at Eastwood. Chris played at Hanks. They played each other in football. They know each other for 40 plus, and now uh, they're with us here on the show as well. Well, Cappy, you know, we talked about this the first time we met. 
that uh, we were going to do more and more things. And it just has really uh, started, uh, you know, five years ago to just pick up some momentum. And so this is the progression, and we should. We have some presence, yep. and uh, we're catching up with folks that started from, right you on. know, the 915. Guys, we talked so much in the beginning of the show about the draft and what's going to happen with the Lions and Jaguars between Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson. So many other great storylines. Uh, we talked about the offensive linemen a little bit, touched on that. Uh, there are terrific cornerbacks in this yes. draft, whether it's Sauce Gardner, who is considered a, a top five, top ten overall player. Derek Stingley Jr. Now, he missed almost all of last season with a foot injury, yet Teams aren't afraid of, uh, of Stingley. He was one of the best players in college football as a freshman at LSU. Is it a mistake if a team like, uh, for example, Houston reaches for Stingley over Sauce at that three spot if, in fact, yes. they want the best corner in the draft? Yes, absolutely. Yes. You don't want the injury if, if you don't have to have it. Or you want someone who has overcome that injury. Again, produced after the fact you're just not sure these are some of the biggest well, fastest athletes you're going to see in pads now if i use that logic yes jameson williams shouldn't be a first round pick because he blew out his knee in the championship game but what has he done after the fact we know he can move we know he can make the plays he's made the cuts so he's it's stingley showing. stingley was the best cornerback in college football for his first two years before he hurt himself last year so he's already shown that so but what's he's the a difference? guy he's a guy that has to use his body violently to stop people yeah the, the run the receiver does not the receiver just needs to get downfield make a catch get out of bounds if he doesn't get tackled or block anybody, essentially, just gets in the way. He does his job at a high level. You can't be a corner and shy away from some type of uh, physicality or the fact that somebody's coming out, one of these big linemen that step on your foot again, creating a, a running lane for a guy like me. So that's okay. my difference. Fair but, enough. But, again, you know, I'm only one guy. All right. What about you, Chris? I'm with you. I'm with you, Foss. I think from the defensive perspective, I think you've got to be 100%. And when you inherit a guy who has that injury, who took, who he was off almost, the, if not all, all, the complete season, you come back, you, you join the NFL, you're at the next level. Speed is of the essence. Closing speed and the ability to get there and make the hit. You, like Foss said, you get hit, you get stepped on again, you break the foot again. Sure. It, it's too many variables there. Okay. But the drop-off isn't significant. That's the biggest thing with these two guys right here. Sauce is the Good guy. Point. He's, Good he's the point. number guy. But, but uh, Derek Stingley Jr. is still going to be a top-10 overall pick. Well, I don't know if he's a top-10, but if he falls in the first round, that's when you scoop a guy like that up because you're not paying top-five money. And, I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Adrian but but has, I can be. Listen, hey, listen. Adrian has Stingley going nine to Seattle. I think Kuiper had him going, or uh, or um, it was McShay had him going three overall to Houston. A lot of people love Derek Stingley, and nobody's really afraid of him right now. Well, again, if you can get someone who's proven, yep. an offensive lineman with multiple position talent that has done it, who has no injuries, I like that it's a better pick. 
Draft starts in an hour, less than that now, so it's going to be fun. And, tick, and it's tick, just tick, tick. It, And the best part is it's like right behind us. I mean, we're right. here in the media workroom. It's right there. We saw all the people lining up. What it about the crazy. big – tell them about the big party deal literally on the other side of these partitions. It's like Las now, Vegas in the in – the, What is that party? You you probably should know. have investigated on that. That's I'm right up your alley. There, I took a peek in. Very colorful, very elaborate. Yes. Dark not, lighting. Not looked sure like what it bottle is, service was over in the corner. I was expecting you to have all the latest. <laughs> with that guy really was Foss, okay. you this is this is your out. specialty that's you know. right Foss is that's the veteran right. here have you that's already right. lined up any parties for yourself tonight no and I, I really should have asked Garrett Wilson where he was gonna be because you know that but I have a way to check on that okay because clock is ticking well tick tock that's right his high school head coach is going to be in town so i think i would may be able to do a couple things but we we have an in possibly uh at the big time on the rooftop on on the strip look at that okay. look at foss coming up possibly you said though right yeah you well maybe... actually it was it was very probable very, very probable. probable probable what We're happened at the 99.9 percent all right sounds that sounds like I, I chris i'll trust that i really will Could you hang out with dr dre for Oh, this is the Dr. Dre party on the rooftop. Yeah, I think uh, I think we could make time to be hanging out with Dr. Dre tonight if that's the case. I yeah. love Dr. Dre. Oh, yeah. I think oh, that would be I think that would be a lot of fun. El Paso comes to that would, be, that would be big. <laughs> now, um, let's get to something else. Before we talk wide receivers, because yes. it's a very deep wide receiver draft. Deep, deep. Let's talk quarterbacks for a second. Okay. Okay. In your opinion, when you look at the two best cornerbacks in this draft. Uh, and that's either Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, depending on who you go with. Are these two guys, in anybody's opinion, franchise quarterbacks that should be top ten quarterbacks? Uh, you know, Kenny Pickett's played in the ACC. you got to like that. Um, you know, they talk about Malik Willis having the upside. But Liberty, the competition, you know. But, again, You're let me just. be going to CUSA, by so, the way. We'll be welcoming so, Liberty in a year. So here's the deal. I can give you the small college quarterbacks. You have to go back some. But, you know, because, again, Carson Wentz, you know, he fizzles now. He fizzles. But Phil Simms, you have um, uh, Ron Jaworski, uh, Neil Lomax, and I know I'm going back decades on these deals at quarterback because you can come from a small school, Mississippi Valley State, and be the greatest wide receiver ben ever to play. Miami, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's good. Keep, good me, keep me updated because, yeah, but the small colleges can work if, in fact, you pick the right guy. Phil Sims, Moorhead State. Yes, Kentucky. That's so, I mean, it's Youngstown just, State with yep. Ron Jaworski. It happens. It does happen. It's rare, but it can happen. Sometimes, now, Carson Wentz, like you said, was considered another classic small school guy, and for a minute it looked like he was going to be Until one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Hurt, yeah. and that's why the Stingley deal concerns me a bit. Again, if I'm in the bottom half of the first round, okay, I do it. If I'm in the top half, I have to have some more. Uh, you know, I can't take it. It's just too much of a flyer, in my opinion, because of how violent the game is. Well, my biggest problem is we've seen time and time again NFL teams overvalue quarterbacks. They look at younger guys on rookie deals, and they right. say, it doesn't matter if we are not in love with this guy. Right. We're going to take a chance on him because the guy we have in our room right now isn't much better. You're telling right. me Daniel Jones is, is no. uh, already better than guys like no. Kenny Pickett and Malik no. Willis in terms of what you could get? 
get in the upside. Uh, you're telling me the Saints, who have a little bit of uncertainty at quarterback right, right. there, uh, on on whether or not they're going to stay with J- Jameis, will uh, you know Winston, and yeah. what what the future is at that quarterback. I think there are a lot of quarterback needy teams across the league, and you right. can't uh, devalue that right there. No, that's, true. that's true. But as, as Steve was asking, though, which one do you pick first? I kind of like the guy that's played against better competition. Well, it's tough now because as we segue into receivers, guys, this is a loaded draft for great receivers, especially first-round receivers. You look at what's available, what's on the board, okay? And you could start with Drake London. You can go Garrett Wilson, who you talked about a little while ago. You got Jamison Williams. That's just three right out of the gate. Then you got Chris Olave, who's in that mix. Well, and those, are, just... those, are, those are four that will go off the board to someone early. And Traylon Burks, is, is a, he could be a cowboy Arkansas. when it's all yeah, said and done. Yeah, he could. Or it could be a Green Bay Packer. Who knows what's going to happen? But there are some fun scenarios. Go get her. Listen, Foss, <laughs> you're trying to go flag down our next <laughs> guest. Mandy <laughs> Knight is going to join us from KWKT in Waco. And but we got I'll our guy. It. We got the host, as I call him, Q Myers, who is Raider, Nader, Raider Nation Raider, Nader. Ra- Raider Nation <laughs> Radio, ESPN Las Vegas, Fox. He, he's got four stations under his purview, and he was the one who was the Pied Piper yesterday got setting us up with all the people that we've hung out with in the last 25 hours. Fantastic. So Q's been big for you. He's coming up big. He yeah, is. Well, and the Texas guy, uh, as of late before he got to Vegas, okay. originally from the left coast in Oakland, California. Very nice. Steve, I'm going back to receivers real quick. Let's let's stick to the subject because I think this is where we see the first big surprise across the draft. We might see. every Chalk right now says it's either Garrett Wilson or it's Drake, Drake London. London. Yeah. Uh, right. What if it's Jamison Williams? What if it's Chris Olave? Or if it's Burks out of Arkansas? I re- really wouldn't be very surprised because I don't I'm going to be surprised. The, I don't think <laughs> I'd be surprised. that crazy between I'd be surprised guys. because you got to understand, and I've done this, and, I, and again, I'm not – I'm just – giving you perspective when you go to the pro days and and they see who does what there's there's a reason why somebody's ranked fourth versus first especially someone who's not hurt because you would think chris olave who's a year older than garrett wilson but garrett has top end speed that's sub four four so jameson williams had sub four three before the injury would you say but would you say before Before the the injury injury. okay 100 okay because a lot of people and this has just been documented who have injuries in college when they go to the nfl somewhere else that injury nags them in some way shape or form i know all right unfortunately guys they're great players Another, great. Listen, this this show is flying by. The draft is right <laughs> around the corner. We got so much more to talk about. Mandy's going to pop in with us in a little bit from KWKT in Waco. She covers not just Baylor, but she's a sports authority. Looking forward to having Mandy on the program. She's a former athlete. I mean, yeah, she understands. They were national champions uh, in softball when she played. So, uh, yeah, everyone loves football, though, no matter what they play. Biggest shocker. I got the chance to interview Jalen Rose. He wanted to play football over basketball. I believe it. A lot of guys that turn out to be superstars have another love for sports, but they stick to one, and and they obviously make a good decision. Especially when you're 6'8", 6'9". Hard to play. Well, Harold Carmichael did do it at wide receiver at 6'8". All right, 17 past the hour. We'll be back with more as Sports Talk continues, 915-505-6009. If you want to get into the program live from NFL Media Workroom here in Caesars, you can also tweet the show at 600 ESPN El Paso. Along with Adrian, Chris Fernandez, Steve Foster, 
and Angel Munoz producing back at our Lubingo Studios in El Paso. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Let's send it off right now to Charlie One to get this traffic update. 22 past the hour, back on Sports Talk Live from the NFL Draft, presented by the Window Depot and brought to you by Paulo Verde Homes, Taco Avocado, Expert HVAC and Refrigeration, Roto-Rooter, CNN Body Works, Longhorn Distributing, Cisco Movers, Clean Water of El Paso, and 915 Tours. Yes, a lot of people jumping on board with us, and we appreciate all their support this time around. Jamie Apodi is a name that many of you remember, especially if you were uh, watching uh, CBS4, KDBC back uh, just a few years ago. But since then, she's uh, been uh, a uh, mainstay in Philly at WPVI. It's the ABC affiliate. And lo and behold, she happens to be at the table right next to us. So we reconnected with Jamie after all these years. Great to see you in person. We get you on the phone sometimes, but now we actually get you face-to-face. That's so amazing. What I, I heard your voice, and I thought I was like hear, hearing things. I, I remember that voice. You know, there's going to be a lot fewer people that remember me. As the years goes on, it's been a long time now, Steve. You not sure? That, not that many years. Not that many years. Um, and, and the truth is, you had a, a big impact while you were in El Paso. You oh, had a great time, you. too, didn't you? Oh, I loved it. Loved it. And still, you know, most of my best friends are from that time at KDBC. We we had a blast there. I was only there two and a half years, but it felt like a, a lot longer. It really uh, it was a special time in my life. And, really you came, and you came from California. Yeah, I originally grew up in L.A., came to El Paso, then got the job in Philly and thought I'd be making just a little stop there on my way back home to L.A. But 16 and a half years later, I'm still there. My parents actually moved there. Nice. So we're, uh, we're, we're Philly people now, which is, uh, is cool. And uh, since then, you've also gotten married. You have kids. So you're balancing a family, and you're still staying on the air doing exactly what you've done all these years. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. I mean, I have three boys. They're uh, almost 10 uh, just turned eight and uh, five next week. Brain will be five next week. And it's hard. It's uh, especially, you know, with their schedules. Now they're getting into sports and, you know, you want to make all their games and, and things. I'm, I'm missing a soccer game right now. Yep. FC Delco beat Radner seven to three. I got an update. So there we go. <laughs> in case anyone's run, wondering. So that's we, a good. That's a good scoring update, right thank there. Thank you. I was, it was a big win for I, for the eight year old. I, I believe it. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny too because when you're in El Paso, you cover UTEP, and you probably at that point covered uh, Diablo baseball um, as they were um, segueing from affiliated ball to eventually independent ball, and now you're in the toughest sports town in the country because you get the Eagles, you get uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, you've got the Sixers, you've got uh, the. Uh, the, what, flyers. the Flyers, people forget about that, yeah, but the flyers. it's understandable. Uh, what for you is the most, of all the teams you cover, which one's the most fun? Well, it's, I, I love it. it. It's a great sports town. It really is. And, like, look at tonight. Tonight, we've got two picks in the first round for the Eagles, and the Sixers are playing game six in Toronto right now as we speak. We weren't sure which city I should go to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's exciting. Um, I love covering football. I really, really do. Um, it's just, it's just. There's nothing like covering an NFL team, and I really enjoy covering the Eagles. The Eagles, the Phillies' um, 08 World Series run would, might be, along with the Eagles Super Bowl, my two most memorable, you know, experiences there. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what, Joel Embiid is fantastic to cover too. So it, it's hard. I, I left out the Flyers again. There I go again. <laughs> but but it's almost hard to choose. It's really really a fun sports town with really knowledgeable sports fans. So let me ask you this. Is it hard to choose between Carson Wentz and Nick Foles? No. 
No, not at all. It's Nick Foles. There you go. Not at that's all. That's my girl. And you know what? It's, Thank um, you very much. Yeah, it's not. That's and not I've had choice. to defend that. I did Nick's games at, at Westlake, and people go, oh, you're a homer? Well, damn right I'm a homer. Mm-hmm. I've known the guy since he was in 10th grade, and there's a bunch of backstory with his family and myself. This guy went to the state championship, lost to South Lake Carroll, uh, and Todd Dodge, who now uh, finished out his illustrious career at Westlake. But he goes to U of A. You know, there were things that were interesting in the state championship game in Texas. He had two touchdown passes called back where in the Super Bowl they said there were two questionable touchdown passes that stood for the the Eagles and Nick Foles. So I thought, you know, interesting how it came back around. And out of the Randall Cunninghams, right, the Donovan McNabbs, the Ron Jaworskis, Nick Foles is the one that got him to the rocky moment, to the top of the mountain. And you know what? If he he didn't, Carson Wentz probably would still be in Philly. Because that was a that was a you know that kind of I think ruined that I, he 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 couldn't get over. Why that. didn't you keep Nick Foles and just keep moving on? That's the one. If you're hot, that's, don't cool off. That's a huge question mark, and it was always a thing where you know technically they saw Wentz was a better quarterback, and sure, you know what he they was. They did the potential. But, that's the word that I said last hour that you can't use in sports. Go with the hot hand. Why bench a guy who just won the Super Bowl after Umti Norm Van, the Flying Dutchman, couldn't do it? Nobody Look could do you. it. And then all of a sudden, you got the guy, and you go, no, we don't want you. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that was a tough time in Philly. They, Nick, Foles, Nick Foles will never have to buy a drink in Philly as long as he lives. Like, he's a god there just for that. And, you know, we were just talking about it because I saw a Nick Foles jersey um, right outside the red carpet here at, on Las Vegas Boulevard. And... I bought my son, who was five when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I bought him a Nick Foles jersey with the Super Bowl patch on it. And that's one of those that you can wear that whenever. Like, that's yeah. okay. That will never be taboo. The Wentz jerseys, we've, we've thrown them all in the trash. You kind of can't wear that anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't. You where, can't. Where can you wear a Wentz jersey? Well, it's, it's funny. Now, in, in Washington now. <laughs> like I said. Where can you wear a yeah. jersey? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Apodi with us uh, here on Sports Talk as we continue Thank now. Thank you for me to uh, allow me to do that. If you you have risen up on my <laughs> meter of sport intellect. Huge. Thank you for that. No moment. problem. You didn't even you didn't even uh, you know, tip me off that you were going to ask that. So it's perfect. <laughs> I like that. Uh, we never tell you about what we're talking no. about. Uh, by the way, you have had a crazy day today in Vegas, haven't you? No. You're, tell me a, a little bit about some of the live shots that you've done as you've tried to take. Uh, take in all the festivities out here at the draft well i mean they're gonna have the draft in vegas you figured crazy things would happen right um and so yeah i I had a lot of career firsts today steve a lot of career firsts Uh, i did a live hit with elvis um elvis had a little bit too much to drink he was in a a, a wheelchair the kind that you drive yourself the scooter i like that yeah um didn't know he was alive uh so yeah he uh he does not know who the eagles are gonna draft i asked him uh, that was interesting. Um, yeah. And I did a live hit with a Tyrannosaurus Rex that actually roared and, and danced. It was a real, it was a dinosaur. I, it wasn't it Jurassic Park. No, I don't know. There was a dinosaur, like an actual dinosaur. It had handlers and everything. Yeah. You can see it. Uh, I just retweeted. No, no, you know what? I didn't put the dinosaur up yet. I will tweet out the dinosaur video Good. on my Twitter page if everyone wants to see it. That was real. Um, I had a couple showgirls because, you know, Vegas, you got you to gotta do that. Right. Um, some very, very interesting painted Eagles fans. Uh, yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, Elvis, Elvis was it took the cake. That one is on Twitter. If you guys want to check Stole out Elvis, and, and you're at Jamie Apodi on Twitter. Yes, I am. So um, 
Yeah, I never thought I'd see Elvis in person, actually. Well, so, you know. There's a lot of firsts. By the way, uh, and you could kind of identify this. When I'm walking around today, I see a lot of Lions fans. I've seen more Lions fans, of Lions fans than here. ever. I agree with you there. I've seen some Jets fans, too, which you don't see as much, but they've got a good couple of good picks. How are the Eagles represented at this draft? Do did, did they have a good contingent of Eagles fans? Always. That's the one. The Eagles fans travel well. Like, in fact, I had a whole bunch that I had on with me today that were all from Washington, D.C., it was the D.C. Eagles Club, and they go to every draft. And I said, well, you guys got Carson Wentz now. And they're like, no, we don't. <laughs> no, no, uh We have Jalen Hurts. So, yeah. Um, so, no, Eagles fans travel so well to everywhere you go. Uh, they weren't as crazy as I thought they'd be, but I think they're just slow. I, they probably um, were, were waking up late. I think they're probably out there getting started now. When the draft was in Philly, Steve, uh, five years ago, that was something. It really was something. So, uh yeah, and the Cowboys fans were out there. There were a lot of Cowboys Remember, fans. Drew Pearson made history at the, uh, in Philly at the draft. He went yes, crazy. Yes, there were a lot of Cowboys fans out there. on the And, um, you know, anytime I'm with Eagles fans, uh, I, I got to point out to the Cowboys fans that were on live TV, and you can't use all the, you know, you, they don't like each other. Eagles and Cowboys fans don't like each other. Not at all. Nope. <laughs> so. Nope. What's the best uh, sports atmosphere? If you go to a Phillies game, an Eagles game, a Flyers game, or a Sixers game, what is the environment that you're going to say is just awesome to be there as a spectator? Well, they're different. Um, Eagles games are they're phenomenal. They're not for little kids, if you know what I mean. Like, my, <laughs> like, like Raiders games. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're not that bad. They're not that bad. But, like, <laughs> I've been to Raiders games. They're not that bad. But, but my – my husband took my two sons this year to an Eagles game, and he said he's not going to go again for a while. And when I came home, my then seven-year-old said, Mommy, I learned a new word. It starts with F. So anyway, <laughs> that's, so Eagles games are phenomenal, but, yeah. but not, you know. Um, I love a good Phillies game because I'm a baseball fan at heart. And, I, and, and the way I compare Phillies fans to other fans is, you know, like if you go to, I grew up going to Dodger Stadium. That's where I'm from. And at Dodger Stadium, they're, they're hitting around a beach ball, you know, and then you're looking at Vanna White and Pat Sajak and all this stuff. <laughs> Phillies fit games, the, the fans hang on every pitch. So if if one guy got brushed back the last time up and that pitcher comes up, they'll boo the pitcher because they remember that. Oh, LA yeah. fans, they would never that would never occur to them. Do you know what I mean? So it's fun. Yes. But, but you know what? The Sixers atmosphere now with the Joel Embiid, Sixers and James Harden. Love it's him. packed. They sell out every game, and it's really, really, really fun. Um, so let's hope that they pull that off, the series off tonight. Yeah, and you, you left out the Flyers again. So I did, gosh. What so you, okay, Flyers can I tell you something? Like? Yeah. Ha, I'm, I'm being terrible, and all the Flyers fans are going to hit me up if they're listening to this. Um, <laughs> I think you're safe. But I know. <laughs> I forget where I'm talking yeah, to. Yeah. Um, Flyers, diehard Flyers fans are, like, great fans. I'd say the same about Union soccer fans. Like, the diehard Union soccer fans are just, they're wonderful fans. I don't think it's as widespread because it's been so long since they won a Stanley Cup. They were good in the 70s, you know, yeah. and, and I think that's it. And they've struggled recently so so much while these other teams have, have won stuff and, and, you know, gotten past them. So I think that's the problem. I think Flyers fans are disillusioned with the organization. There's no real owner. There's no real face. Ed Snyder died. It's a big thing. However, this year, the day the Flyers fired their coach – very beginning of the season, hired an interim coach. I was there live, and while I was waiting for my live shots, I heard barking. And I'm in the empty arena, and there's some canine dogs from the police department that were there for some sort of an appearance, and they let the dogs come on the ice. And I started taking videos, and wouldn't you believe one of the canines did a very nice number right on the Flyers logo. It is my highest viewed Twitter video of all time. That is also on my Twitter's page. But that's the kind of year they've been having. 
that reminds so. me of years ago <laughs> when um, I, I forget the name of the dog. I always thought it was Sparky, but it's not. It's the it's the Wonder Hound at New Mexico State. Once during a UTEP New Mexico State football game, right on the fifty after uh, supposed to be picking up the tee, uh, dropped the number two on there in yes. front of all the fans. You yeah. know, it's yeah. like. And listen, Flyers fans were like, that dog knows what he's doing. He's like the smartest dog ever because yeah. it was, uh, yeah, right there. So that, yeah, it's a rough year for the Flyers, guys. Sorry. It's okay. Jamie Apodi <laughs> with us. Before I wrap it up with you, and you've been great, um, even though it's been so many years since you've been in El Paso uh, working at Channel 4, you've got a ton of friends from El Paso that you still keep in touch with all these years later. Yeah, well, I mean, some of my friends are still there. Shelton Dotson's one of my best friends, um, so he, he's still on the air there, and uh, he's pretty awesome, and uh, but there's a lot of uh, El Paso ones that moved to Vegas here, and my best friend still Christine Medella, and Melissa Duran lives in Vegas here, and I, I keep in touch with all. It's really interesting, and maybe it says something about El Paso or that station or whatever. But like, I was only there two and a half years, and I made the best friends of my life. That's awesome. Damien Alameda is in Tucson, still doing sports and news, uh, you know, all these years. Um, it's pretty crazy. Uh, you know, you're, you're, I'm Philadelphia 16 and a half years, but I, I'd say my best, best, best friends are still from my El Paso days. Good. Last I, last question. Uh, I miss the food too, Steve. Well, you know what? Uh, that's the one thing we can't, we can't take it with oh, us. Oh, I we miss can't the food. Do it. I, I know. miss the food so much. Um, if you go to Philly and you're going to have to have one place to go eat a cheesesteak, mm-hmm. what are you recommending? What's mm-hmm. the one place, the, the, the best spot? So, Pat's and Gino's are the, you know, that's, that's what Been they to tell. Both. Right, yep. been to both. I'm going to go... I like a good Tony Luke's, which is in South Philly. I, I, I'm a I'm a Tony Luke's girl. Jim's on South Street, also one you can't miss. And then a very underrated one, out sort of near where I live, is De La Sandro's, always as a line. Can't oh. miss with those three. I would I would hit those over Pats and Geno's in my um, opinion. Provolone or Wiz, if you have a choice. I go Wiz, traditionalist. My my oldest son Tanner, he's uh, become a. He's become a big cheesesteak fan, so we uh, we get him a whiz if without. Go, if you go to Princeton, yeah, Hoagie Haven. Hoagie Haven, all right. On Nassau Street, Guaranteed. I gotta check that out. Guaranteed. Yeah, I'm sure she, she's gonna be. I'm sure she's going to Princeton soon, right? That's. Uh, well, I'm just saying, it's not, not far. far. It's not okay, far. It's far. An, what an hour. We got an hour. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, it's, all, it's, all, it's all relative. It's not bad. We're the Ivy League champs in football. She may want to check it out. Never know. One of her sons may be. An alum with me if one day. If one of my kids goes to Princeton, I will not be upset about it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and, and you know what? Listen, my oldest son is—he's nine. He's four foot eleven and one hundred twenty pounds. So we've got some hope. Yeah. Sounds like it. It's a and, giant, and, it, it's a giant boy. Does he play? What does he play? What's his sport? Oh, they're playing everything, Steve. He plays smart, smart basketball, smart baseball. Um, uh, you know, we're trying. He can't play tackle football yet because he's too heavy. He yeah. has to play against thirteen-year-olds. Oh. Right. So yeah, yeah. my middle one's a sac- soccer, basketball, baseball guy, and my little one just wants to be Spider-Man. So, you know, we'll see, we'll <laughs> see what happens superhero. with that. Yeah. Favorite superhero. Yeah, okay. All Very, right. nice. Yeah. Very nice. I, we, we could take all three of them. We, they could be legacy <laughs> at they, they can go I'll write the recommendation. Oh, there in. you go. I'm That's all you in. Need. There we go, man. I love it. Jamie, great to catch up with you. Thanks for being here, and enjoy the rest of the time you in too. Vegas. You too. What a treat. Uh, hi, El Paso. Miss you guys very much. Jamie Apodi, folks. Follow her on Twitter at Jamie Apodi, and you can always check out her work, WPVI. It's Channel 6 ABC out in Philadelphia. Come back with more in a moment. Sports Talk Live from the draft. 46 pass. My thanks to Jamie Apodi for joining us here on the program. Along with Adrian Broadus, Chris Fernandez, the Foss, Steve Foster, and Angel Munoz back at our 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo Studios. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. We're live from the NFL Draft. Tim Haggerty and Chihuahua's baseball 45 minutes away. The festivities are starting. They've got the national anthem being played right now on a uh, piano. 
and you can see everybody out there in the draft. I'm telling you, guys, this the one thing I'll say about bringing the draft to Vegas. Now, it's huge no matter where it goes, but because it's Vegas and this venue is so large out here at Caesars, I feel like every single team is represented in enormous numbers. No matter who you are, where you're picking, everybody showed up. Adrian, when we got on the flight this morning, there were Cowboys fans. We saw a, a Redskin fan, actually a Washington, a Washington the Commanders now. He had the R on, that's, that's why I said that's that. That's right, yeah, but, yeah. But um, he had the, you know, the Commanders fan, and we saw all these other teams wanting to be here for this. It's a big deal. You know what? This is the problem I have, though, Steve. We had a lot of Packers fans we ran into today, and I heard him say, A.J. Dillon, yep. A.J. Dillon. I did, too. What about Aaron Jones? Did they forget that Showtime's on their team, their their best uh, target and their best weapon offensively. They don't see that anymore. You know what they see? They see a battering ram, number 28, who runs over people, and it seems like the Packer fans, because I said the same thing. I said, hey, we're from the same town as uh, as Aaron Jones, his hometown, and all of a sudden we kept hearing people saying, oh, A.J. Dillon. And I'm like, what? <laughs> well. What? That's crazy right there. And it's so interesting, Steve, because Packer fans have a lot to look forward to. Hey, any team right now that yep. has two draft picks in the first round, they're yep. the ones who hold control in this draft. They're the ones who can use those two draft picks as leverage to move up in the draft if they want to sure. or get some late draft picks la- uh, later on. Guys, what are the Cowboys going to do at 24? If you were Jerry Jones, which, God, thank God you're not, because even <laughs> with all the money comes all the aggravation, as you've seen this offseason and every offseason. Uh, but if you were the Cowboys, Cowboys at 24, where would you look to address your top need right now? Offensive lineman. Number one, without even even, doubt. Offensive lineman. By the way, along those lines, since offensive line was your pick, and I'm happy you said that, would you end up going with Zion Johnson out of Boston College if he's on the board? Sure. Well, that was easy. Listen, got no issues with Something's better than what they've got now. Yeah. Yeah. But but guys, you oh, every year Cowboy fans think it's chalk. It's going to be the guy that they need. Draft with your need. And then every year for the Cowboys, it's let's draft the best player available. Last year, Micah Parsons. The year before, C.D. Lamb. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Micah Parsons and C.D. Lamb, though, are great parts. Uh, uh, now, now, now that we're well, looking at I, it. I wouldn't get mad if they took a, a another defender. But again... Football, y'all. Football. He who wins the line of scrimmage. Wins. He who wins the line of scrimmage. It's not about really quarterbacks and receivers and running backs. It's about linemen. It yeah. really is. Well, and look, and, and when the Cowboys were dominating a few years ago, there was a period of time before the injury started where you could look at that offensive line and say it was by far and away the best line in football. Teams were envious because they were young, they were under control salary-wise, yeah. and they were all making Pro Bowls. I mean, it was, there was a period of time five, six years ago where that offensive line, every team wanted that, uh, that, that OL. Yeah, and it wasn't just because... You know, their success. that line got them to the playoffs. Yeah. Then it comes to intangibles and coaching. You know, you, right. you got to be able to do that. But if you can win an offense or defensive line, you know, defensive line disrupts offensive timing. An offensive line gives you the opportunity for the timing. That's what it's all about. And the matchups that you can then exploit on the edges. 
Who's the face of your franchise right now with Dallas? It's Mike Dak. Carson? No, it's I like, Dak. I, well, it's Dak. I know it's, it's Dak, and, but 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 uh, talking defense, Micah Parsons has risen to the forefront. No, you're uh, right. And, and Trayvon Diggs. And Trayvon Diggs. Well, so but if it's Dak Prescott who has the control and has his voice heard in the locker room, he's yeah. going to want a replacement for Amari Cooper. Don't discredit a wide receiver for the Cowboys Tra- in the first Especially round. Especially if a guy like Burks out of Arkansas is available. Big, strong, okay, productive. Okay, whoa, 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 but remember, you already have at least three people you can throw to. Right. But if you don't have the time to throw and it, that's, that's it doesn't matter. Absolutely. you got to tie it okay, into two hang receivers. On, hang on. Ask Joe Burrow that question when the Bengals passed up on a franchise offensive lineman last year in the first round tell you the to difference. take Jamar Chase, but those who two got guys, into the championship those game. Those two guys that had already been – in connection there was a very specific fact that you couldn't take away those two were dynamos together against the team Clemson that people thought, well, they, they've they been winning, they're going to yeah, win but even again. even if they're dynamos, you still have to have time to throw the football well, and not get killed. But when you throw the football and you know each other that well, it's like the Garretts. When Jason threw to John, they had been playing so much in the backyard, they didn't have to say things. They could get open and do things that you can't do if you don't know the other I person. Understand. Just like Carr and Devontae Adams I believe are going to be kind of special here for the Raiders because they're college teammates. Now, if you want to watch the draft tonight, which starts in 10 minutes, um, 600 ESPN El Paso has got the Chihuahuas. We've got the Chihuahuas tonight against Reno. It's going to be game three of a six-game series tonight. 6.30, that game gets underway. However, uh, ESPN... NFL Network. There are a lot of places to watch the draft tonight as it gets going. And uh, you can see also on ABC. So there's three ways to watch if you want to see the draft tonight. ESPN, ABC, NFL Network. And the cool thing is they've all got different kind of uh, different teams. So it just depends on your taste of what you want to watch. And if you want to listen to it tonight, ESPN Radio also does that for you. Let's just not have the coverage where they give us the sad backstory and stuff like that. I want to see the coverage where I see the highlights, the production. I just don't want to, you know, everybody's, yeah. everybody has sappy. a story. He's I just not, don't Adrian's want to not sappy. I'm going to vote with you on that. Although I give credit to I'm the draft tonight. They did have a moment of silence for Dwayne Haskins. Yes, they did. That was, and you know what? That's, that's, awesome. that's well done. Very yes. impressive. Agreed. I was so. also impressed with the young man who sang the national anthem. I'm not sure if you know his background, but he is a he is a uh, a product of uh, America's Got Talent. He is a mentally challenged individual who can, who can't speak. Wow! But he can sure sing, and that was impressive to watch. That's really cool too. I like that story a lot too, guys. All right, uh, we are live again, broadcasting today from uh, Caesars out here, the NFL Media. Workroom is what they call it. And here's the way it works, guys. They've got nine tables, and each table probably has at least 50 chairs. Yes. So you're talking about ultimately, oh, I don't know, five, 600 people cramming into this media workroom. They've got other networks doing radio shows like ours. They've got TV. They've got <laughs> newspaper. They've got teams represented. I yeah. mean, this place is enormous. And uh, you know what? Everybody's here for one reason, and that's to be a part of Draft 2022. Oh, and don't forget the food. They fed us well over here. Yeah, they, they did. did. Got to eat. Uh, Got to eat. Well, how'd, you, how'd you pull that one off, Foss? Where'd you get, your, uh, you get your prospect uh, list? Where'd oh, you find that? we got this. Yesterday, our nice. first day I think here. I've got one I there can you give go. you, Captain. Look at that. No, actually, that's, oh, that's this mine. 
<laughs> there you go. Well, Foss took it already, Chris. Foss didn't there it take is. it. Let me, let me explain that's something. That's how things we... work between Foss and I. Yeah, you got to figure that one out. Oh, come on now, you guys. I like that. That looks, that looks cool. Are these all the guys that were there yesterday when you had a chance well, to meet that's everybody? that's right. That's right. We had a little assistance, Good. if you didn't know. I like that. Absolutely. By the way, uh, Foss has already taken some videos. We're working on getting some of those uploaded as well, Adrian, and, and we'll have that soon. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of content up at 600ESPNElPaso.com from uh, photos to videos to written content. We'll have it all up on our website, 600ESPNElPaso.com, where you can check out the NFL draft coverage. So we got 30 minutes left to go. The draft will start during our final 30 minutes. Hags will jump in in about 20 minutes from now as we get you ready for uh, the Chihuahuas game coming up. Uh, at 6.30, the bottom of the hour. So we'll get a chance to maybe see the first pick or two, talk about that with you in real time. Sports Talk Live 2022 NFL Draft coverage continues right here, 600 ESPN El Paso. With Angel Munoz producing the show for us back at our 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo studio. Welcome back, hour number three, final 30 minutes with you here on a Thursday live from the NFL Draft. That's right, for the first time ever, Sports Talk at 600 ESPN El Paso originates live uh, from the draft. Thanks to uh, our presenting sponsor, the Window Depot, and all of our sponsors that have become uh, such a big part of this show, including CNM Body Works, Roto-Rooter, Expert HVAC and refrigeration, Taco Avocat, Palo Verde Homes, 915 Tours, Clean Water of El Paso, Cisco Movers, and Longhorn Distributing. Along with Adrian Broadus, Chris Fernandez, and uh, the Foss, Steve Foster. I'm Steve Kaplowitz as we continue. Uh, the draft is now going to be uh, underway, and in a moment, it will be uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock to start things off. And the truth is, we don't know for sure, guys, what Jacksonville is going to do. There are a lot of possibilities coming up with this number one overall pick. Yeah, there's two big possibilities, Steve. It's uh, Aiden Hutchinson, it's Trayvon Walker, and uh, I'm, I'm so interested in this because right now, Sham Sharania of The Athletic, who we know breaks basketball news primarily, he says that he's hearing already that the Jaguars are taking George's Trayvon Walker number one. How does Sham Sharania have any idea how that goes? I, I have no clue, Steve. He has friends in all places. That's how Sham, Sham Sharania is always able to break news like this. Yes. So I, I got some news about the Texans. Uh, I understood that Stingley is number one on their board. Oh uh, Well, that we talked about and that. And Garrett Wilson yeah. is number two. So we said that Derek Stingley could go third overall to the Texans, not Sauce or anybody else, and this could have some ripple effects on teams like the Jets at four and other possibilities because suddenly Icky could be on the board, and now the Jets will have a decision to make of what they do it for. Now the interesting thing is, does Houston stay at number three knowing that the value for some of those players that they're interested, like Derek Stingley, like you just mentioned with uh, Garrett Wilson, those guys might be late first uh, top ten uh, picks. So does Houston try to move back here in the first round and just maybe pick at eight or nine to still try to get those guys. Also also the same whispers say they may be looking to move up and package that 37th pick and get two studs before 18. Interesting. All right, so you're getting some good Texans hey, rumors. You know, just, yeah. doing, just doing a little scouting out. I like that. Shefty Foss over here. <laughs> yeah, I, like that. Hey, is, I know a couple people. That is good. Now, uh, Chris, you're a big Steelers fan. I've got a ton of Steelers listeners that tune into this radio show and call in and talk Steelers football all the time. 
Uh, Pittsburgh uh, picks uh, what number this year? They are all the way down at um, 20. 20. So if you're the Steelers, do you want a quarterback at 20, or do you want to address another spot? I think we need to address the quarterback position in, in Pittsburgh right now. Um, with the, with Ben retiring, I don't think that that we don't have a quarterback that's locked in. You don't. We, no, they definitely <laughs> that's don't. True. You don't. And and, true. and 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 there's a choice. You know, you've got um, Malik Willis, who I think, though he's not as as his his strength of schedule is not what uh, they had over at Pitt. I think he fits the program over at, 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 in, in Pittsburgh. I think he'd be a great fit. What about Kenny Pickett who went to well, Pitt? You know, they yep. were talking about Kenny Pickett, and, and, and yes, he is NFL ready in my opinion, uh, but I just think the fit with Malik Willis is there, and that's, that's who I would like to see go there. Okay. Well, we'll be seeing it soon enough. In fact, the commissioner is getting ready Walking to out. begin things. Now, I don't think he's got the pick yet for Jacksonville. I think he it's good. he's kicking it off. I think they're officially well, the starting it off. The boos the are there. Are the, the boos are always back with him. Especially in Vegas. You know, because think about all the fans from all the teams that are here ready to boo uh, ready to boo the commissioner well, right off the stage. Well, but Goodell gave Vegas a, a, a home team, Steve. He, he gave yeah, him, he gave him the Raiders. But those boos aren't coming from the Raider fans. And even, though he gave, <laughs> and even though he gave them the Raiders, you were just, you were with us. or You saw what's, what's out there right now. The whole league is represented at the draft. And, and, and represented well, Cappy. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. 100%. All right, Adrian, I want to get to a local story we haven't talked about yet. Titus Verhoeven, the former minor, going to Northwest University, Northwestern. That is a, a Power 5 school in the Big Ten. You know, we were wondering what would happen with Verhoeven. We heard Northwestern had interest in the big man. Ultimately, uh, scholastically, one of the best schools you can go to. Titus will play his graduate season out there in the uh, Big Ten. You know, it's so interesting, Steve, because so many of, of uh, UTEP fans came to us as soon as he hit the portal and they said, oh, no, Titus Verhoeven's not going anywhere, this, this, and that. And and it was one of those things where I just laughed because I knew that uh, that Titus Verhoeven had that interest from the likes of Northwestern, and that uh, became uh, turned into a relationship. He's now going to be a graduate transfer over there. Now, if you want to argue playing time and minutes, okay, we can do that, but he's going to be a graduate transfer over there. Even if he's a sixth or seventh man coming off the bench for a Big Ten program in Northwestern, why not? I think that's a great move by Titus Verhoeven right there, and he was able to, to you know, parlay his three years at UTEP into a Big Ten opportunity. He's only the second minor that's in the portal to uh, decide where he's going to go. There's Everybody else still hasn't made up their mind yet, which is really interesting because the deadline will be May 1st in order to be eligible, and there are plenty of guys in the portal that are not graduating that have to decide the next three days. And I think a lot of these schools want to round out their own rosters. They want to kind of know who they have as far as their depth chart. So I think for most of these teams across the country, it would actually benefit them to sign Sule Boom, to yeah. sign Keontae Kennedy earlier rather than uh, having those guys wait around and you know, uh, you know, know, just uh, kind of make their decision and take their time on that decision. Absolutely right. Uh, it looks like the draft is now officially underway. This is Ice awesome. Cube just took Ice the, that's right. Just took the stage. And Marcus dra- Allen, my favorite football player of all time. By the way, um, apparently you might get a run-in with Marcus Allen tomorrow if Absolutely. everything goes well. Absolutely. Marcus and I have uh, – I, I first met him in 1987, and uh, he knows. I, I, he's my guy. And uh, How would you meet him for that first time? On the four street stairs out in uh, Santa Monica, he was working out. Dean and I were working out, and uh, we were coming back, 
And uh, he, he, you know, I was like, Dean, stop the car, man. Stop the car. I go, there's Marcus Allen. He goes, dude, we can't interrupt him in this workout. I go, yeah, the Sports Street stairs, you said, are really steep. So I think he's resting. And literally, we pulled over on the curb. He was resting. I jumped out. Kim Cantor was a friend of Dean and Marcus. I run up there. Dean gives the intro to Marcus and rest is history, man. I've seen him all over the place, couple, two, three Super Bowls, et cetera, et cetera. But you've never gotten an autograph before. No, because, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, the photo with him and, and being your favorite player yeah. is lasting. But, uh, no, okay. I have not. The logistics are there. He's ready to go tomorrow. Sounds yeah, like it. I, I think so. By Who's the your way, favorite NFL player? Cappy? Of all time? Well, or just now. Uh, that's a tough call. Favorite guy in the league right now? I'd, I'd probably say Aaron Jones. I mean, think about Fair it. Fair enough. Comes out of El Paso, dominates at UTEP, stars in the NFL. Correct. Going to go down as one of the all-time great players ever to come out right there with Don Maynard, except yes. Jones uh, graduated high school in El Paso. Right. He's a great guy. He's a great kid. Stands for everything you want. I right. mean, you love that. Uh, I, I, Aaron I've Jones, got an Aaron yeah, Jones yeah. jersey. I got one for my son. Okay. I think Aaron Jones is what it's all about. Love it. I El Pasoans are Packer fans now. Yeah. Except you. Not me. And me, but I'm an Aaron Jones fan. However, I own two shares of Packer stock. He oh, does. you did? Yes, he does. Did you buy any of the most recent uh, yes. Packer? Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. Yes. That's good. Good for you. Congrats. Oh, did, did the certificates come in yet? Yes, they have. Nice. Is it in the frame yet? No, it's not. Well, it needs to be. <laughs> it's That's on it. his dining room table in <laughs> an envelope, oh, I'm With about nine no, other man, pieces of paper. No, man, it is tucked yeah. away. I, I almost don't want anybody to see the share because, you know, you know, I don't have a lot of people over at my house, but the people that I have over at my house, like Chris, he'd take it off the wall. He'd be like, you, you, you'll know where it's at. It's just in my house. You oh have two God. of them. <laughs> That's awesome. That's the kind of friends I have. Don't ever let me try on a jacket. That's right, baby. I love it. Again, uh, so the draft uh, now with the – Jags on the clock. You got uh, uh, less than 10 minutes, 8.20 left to go. And if the rumors are true and what you just talked about, Adrian, is a done deal, you wonder, years from now, will um, Jags fans rue the day? They passed on Aiden Hutchinson for Trayvon Walker. And will Detroit Lions fans feel like they won the lottery tonight when a guy like Hutchinson falls into their lap at number two? What a window, right? Because uh, it was like... December, January, we were talking about Thibodeau versus Hutchinson. Right now, we're talking about Hutchinson versus Walker. Yeah, but some this people is say it's not close. Just like the '83 basket, or is it '83 with Jordan? Yes. Yeah, where they screwed up and didn't take the right first pick. Sorry, Sam Bowie. Hey, Akeem was great at two, but Jordan was the best at three. Well. That's about. I think it was eighty four. I think it was the eighty four draft because, uh, yeah. because that was the year Jordan played in the Olympics. That's correct. And then was drafted. I think it was eighty four right. draft. But go. yeah, you're. But I get exactly what you're saying. I think eighty three was Ralph Sampson. That's right. So, all right, twelve past the hour as uh, we continue here on Sports Talk. No UTEP signing news today, Adrian. We were kind of wondering would the show have to detour because. <laughs> Fans want to know about who the Miners would add. Luckily, Joe Golding did us a favor today. We've gone through two and a half hours of this show from the draft in Vegas, and the only UTEP news we had to worry about was 
um, you know, Titus going to Northwestern. Yeah, it feels like yesterday we had that poll up on our Twitter page where we asked fans to guess how many UTEP prospects would have committed by the weekend. And at that point, there had been zero. I mean, they got Tay Hardy this past week, which was very, you know, beneficial to the Miners' backcourt. But when are you going to see more dominoes fall with the Miners and more signings uh, happen here uh, with the, with this UTEP team? You see how NMSU has really started to round out their roster. They're almost done right now they are. under Greg Hire. Now, Joe Golding, five scholarships left. A lot of things that they still need. Well, UTEP has signed five. NMSU has signed seven. Eight, if you're going to be able to count uh, Jordan Ivy Curry, who probably will make it official in the next couple of days, the former UTSA UTSA star. So you're right. Miners have five spots left, and we've said this for weeks now. Of those five, you hope you bring in two to three starting caliber players, if not more, because that roster still needs legitimate starters for next year. You have to supplement the two all-conference guards that you lost, and I think that's the leverage that Coach Joe Golding has going into recruiting. Yep. He can go to recruits and say, hey, look, we've had, we had two guys in our backcourt um, you know, made the all-conference list last year. What if, what if you came to UTEP? What could you do here? What opportunities could you get? I think those are all selling points for this UTEP team. I know my Minor fans just want to start seeing commits uh, declare that they'll be a minor here in the future. 100% right. All right, uh, as we continue uh, here and uh, get ready for Tim Haggerty, it is now five minutes uh, before the Jags make their selection official. Guys, if, if it's going to be Trayvon, why not just pick her? Why do you, I've always wondered this. Why are you waiting? Why do you run right. it down? Right. Why not just make the stupid pick? Get it over with and get what? the draft I, I run it down in fantasy football exactly when I know who I'm going to pick. Oh, you're, you're one of sometimes. those. Sometimes. You're well, one sometimes. What, if what, if, what if you do something where you're trying to trade left and right? I don't hey, ever trade. I go. lost a league when I go. traded, Adrian. That is the kiss of death for Steve do Foster. You, do you really think Jacksonville would possibly be entertaining a trade on this pick? Well, what if they're no. taking calls? Look at I, this. Look at this drafter. What are they doing? They're drinking coffee. They're already I mean, done. Seriously. <laughs> these guys. That's why they can't. Have it's, nice things. It's the most <laughs> lax. Exactly right. It's the most lax draft room I've, warm I've ever seen. Oh, the pick is in. Finally. Here we Thank go. Thank God. Who do you think, Adrian? Is in. Come it's on, Walker. buddy. It's Walker. It's going to be God, that's such a bad pick. <laughs> Jeez, no. We'll see. Oh, we'll see. Oh, my gosh. That's why they It's wide open at two. Wide that's open why at Jacksonville two. is Jacksonville. Well, Detroit, I'm telling you, Detroit's looking at chops right now. They are. Oh, the no fact doubt. They know Aiden Hutchinson could be falling into their laps at two. Uh, they're not going to make the same mistake. I don't expect Aiden Hutchinson to drop in this draft. Do you? No, no. I don't. No. I don't. So this is this is his spot right here. If they go with Thibodeau at two, I still think that's a quality pick. Uh, it, and, you know, then I think it, it leaves it to be wide open at number three for Houston. I mean, yep. really. Uh, if Houston has its pick. They'll have its pick of the litter. This, if this is Walker, wow. I'm telling you, y'all, I, I tell you right now, okay, good dude but not a game-changer. Might not even be the best defensive player on his team at Thank Georgia. You. By the way, Dean. By the way, this is another thing I hate. So the scoreboard or the graphic board uh, at the draft right behind us says the pick is in. Why isn't Goodell trotting his behind well, he wants out to extend this. And, He's got to extend and making this. the selection? Like, there's nothing worse than telling everybody at the draft, 
okay, Jacksonville's already taken the – they've got the pick in, yet let's keep milking the clock as much as possible to extend, to extend this. I'm like, come on. If the pick is in, they couldn't find make it already. I love it. They want to be on TV for as long as possible, Captain. Well, here's my problem. I got a break, and I don't want to break until the pick is made because the worst thing we got to do is try and – build the suspense during a commercial, and then come back and tell all, our, all of our listeners who Jacksonville took. So, unfortunately, minutes, here's, who's, here's who's suffering today, Tim Haggerty, because the, the amount of cross-talk that we normally would give Hags, the voice of the Chihuahuas, who's getting ready to call a game in a little more than 10 minutes, will suffer because the pick is in, it's been in for a couple of minutes now, and we are still awaiting the official Here we go, word. here we go, here we go. Oh, here here he comes. Here we go. All right. Oh, he has to point, right? Goodell has to point when he comes onto the stage. Dude, if they take Walker, that's why they stay. Here it is. Here it's coming. There it is. Yep, there you go. Trayvon Walker. This is why you can't go to the playoffs. You can't have nice things, Jaguars. Thank you. Thank you for that Same one. organization that hired yes. Urban Meyer. That's right. There you go. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up and get you ready. <laughs> Great point. Chihuahua's <laughs> voice, Tim Haggerty, as we continue live from the NFL draft. The Lions are on the clock right now as uh, Sports Talk continues. Let's go to Charlie Wan to get one last traffic update. Uh, final countdown as we continue. Aiden Hutchinson was just taken by the Lions, uh, number two overall. And, again, I think this is – Christmas in uh, April yes. if you're a Detroit Lions fan, Absolutely. guys. Definitely. Um, and now it'll be the Houston Texans, and we'll see if, in fact, you're right, uh, Foss. Derek Stingley Jr. will then go off the board at three, which leaves a lot of options for the Jets at four. A lot. Oh, yeah. I, I think regardless whoever the Texans pick, the Jets will have a lot of options. Sure they will. They'll have Kayvon Thibodeau. They'll have uh, Iki Iquandu. They'll right. have a lot of people yeah. to choose from. I would get a, a I would get a lineman as well if I was a Jets. They've got to build some safety for Zach Wilson or any who else who's going to be around for them. Absolutely. If that they is, can. That is, that is true. That is true. All right. Um, gentlemen, it, this has been terrific. I've enjoyed it so much. We're going to do it tomorrow. Yes, sir. We get a chance to tee it back up with you guys tomorrow. Plenty more guests. Lots of reaction from the first round. Are you uh, happy? It's going to be fun. Are you happy with this day? Because, I, 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 Cappy, as much as I know you, you hadn't done this before, but uh, you got us riding along with you. Your thought about well, you tell one. well, you tell me. Is this? Uh, I know this is not laying down the law, but right. uh, has this gone the way you both hoped it would uh, to start off here? Today? I'd say yes. I would absolutely agree. Good. Well, I've been very pleased. It's been here. a great time. It's been fun. I haven't worked a four-man show uh, ever, so uh, this has been good, and I've enjoyed it. I want to do it again uh, tomorrow since it's been so much fun today. So we'll do Beautiful. that again. Uh, Tim Haggerty brings us uh, Chihuahuas baseball in less than. 10 minutes from now, Hags uh, from Southwest University Park. You were in Vegas uh, just a week ago, Tim. You were here getting ready to watch uh, the Chihuahuas do battle with the Aviators, and uh, you weren't on the strip like we are. You weren't at Caesars, but still, uh, you weren't that far away either. Yeah, there was uh, a lot of buzz about the upcoming NFL draft. The media that was covering the Chihuahuas Aviator Series were talking about their plans, where their live shot was going to be. So it was obvious that was a huge event that was coming there to Las Vegas. And it's funny on the timing. Uh, yeah, you and I could have could have connected in Las Vegas, but two ships passing in the night. 
Um, it's just the way things work. Sometimes that's it. Um, I did get a chance to join you uh, at least uh, in, you know, we, Foss and I were in uh, Round Rock. We saw the Chihuahuas and, and Round Rock Express. We watched uh, El Paso get uh, completely drilled one night. I think it was like 12 to 1 in the 5th when we left. But that was cool. It was my first ever ch- chance to go visit the Dell Diamond, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, the two ballparks you mentioned are definitely two of the best that Chihuahuas go to. Dell Diamond is beautiful. Uh, the new one in Las Vegas opened up in 2019. That is a gem. In both cases, the Chihuahuas Hotel is walking distance from the field, so everyone can kind of make their own schedule and set their own plans. Uh, yep. Much like we've developed here with the Chihuahuas with a, a downtown hotel uh, that visiting teams stay at. It's just a great six days to work a series. So I'm glad you got a chance to see Dell Diamond and hope to see you on the road as well and some other stops. Uh, I've always been impressed by that, Steve, how many Chihuahuas fans we see on the road. Um, it, it feels like every seed we go to, there's at least a pocket of Chihuahuas fans. Well, I'll tell you this. When Foss showed up with me, he was representing. I think uh, even though uh, he's lived in Austin all these years, if he knew El Paso was there, he was, uh, he was ready to go. He was excited. Yeah, awesome. oh, absolutely. Awesome. Well, so excited to see you and the Chihuahuas. I've got the photo with the mascot when I was uh, working in the legislature, always repping El Chico, Paso. Chico, that's right. And I, I put it on the lapel when I when I go out sometimes on the suits when I suit up, baby. Good for you. Go nice. Chihuahuas. Good for you. And the Rhinos. I like them, too. Yes. Hey, uh, Hags, big news today. Trace Thompson called up. Uh, as uh, the Padres uh, made a, a DL move, and you tell me. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Trace Thompson fan. He uh, was terrific in the first couple of weeks of the season. Now he gets a chance to get back up to the bigs. Yeah, he leads the Pacific Coast League in home runs, uh, has been the best power hitter in AAA baseball, and right place, right time. Will Myers is placed on the injured list. They have an opening for an outfielder. He gets the call. Turns out that is why he left the Chihuahuas game early yesterday. Many were wondering if that was an injury. Turns out that was a pending call-up. And then Myers was brought to the injured list, so Thompson gets a chance. Um, The biggest challenge in this situation is all of a sudden he's not going to be playing every day the way he did with the Chihuahuas. He'll play every couple of days. He'll probably get some pinch hit at bats. Can he stay as hot as he was with the Chihuahuas with a little bit less frequent playing time? Absolutely. Uh, Meanwhile, Mike Clevenger held a press conference today after his start, and I liked the look. I liked the Birkenstock uh, sandals he was wearing to go along with his tie-dye shirt uh, and some kind of uh, Padre short I think he had on. So Clevenger, you could tell, if you took Mike and dropped him off at Woodstock, he would be (laughs) right at home, wouldn't he? Yeah, that long hair as well just totally makes the whole attire. Um, and, And he... Seemed that we that way just in our brief conversations, just very loose, very focused on his pitching, very focused on his career. But when it comes to any kind of social interaction, um, just very comfortable, very casual. Uh, yep. He told us that he is flying to Pittsburgh to join the Padres, not necessarily to be activated to the roster, but he'll check in with the Padres athletic training staff. They'll make a determination if he is to be activated. Um, and I am waiting just with, with bated breath on what the San Diego Padres are going to do with their pitching rotation because Blake yep. Snell was great in a rehab outing at single A today. Clevenger's coming back. And the former Chihuahua, Mackenzie Gore, the newest member of the rotation, is pitching great. So this is not going to be an easy decision. The Padres might have seven starting pitchers, and someone's got to go. You're right. Nick Martinez had another good start today. So that's another problem you're dealing with right now, one of the newcomers in that rotation. So 100% right. 
Uh, meanwhile, Hags, while we were talking about Clevenger and uh, the Padres, um, the Texans just took Derek Stingley Jr. Your intel from Houston pays off. And uh, the first corner now off the board with the Texans at three, Foss. So it's good to have friends in high places. And the prognostication was Stingley, if he was available. And right here on 600 ESPN El Paso, yep. we told you first. That's very true. We're the first guys to tell you in Texas. That is, that is very, very true. You, you, you did well. And now the Jets are up at four. We'll find out what happens there. And uh, this first round is going to continue. We're going to have a huge recap coming up on the program uh, tomorrow. Adrian, uh, as we get ready to wrap things up and send it off to Hags at the ballpark for the pregame show in less than two minutes, uh, give me some of your final thoughts. Real quick, I got, a, I got a report from Ian Rappaport. A serious car crash happened just a couple days ago involving first overall draft pick Trayvon Walker yep. and, uh, and you know the first overall selection. Uh, and nothing ended up happening, no serious injuries or anything, but that was something that was just recently reported. It was also relayed on the TV side. Yeah, we saw that, so that's another interesting scenario right now as we're through three picks today and uh, I'm telling you what um, it, it has flown by yes. two and a half hours has flown by we're going to be right back and do it again tomorrow and tomorrow when we catch up with Mandy not only do we get to catch up with her Todd Gurley delivers her mail right in front of us yeah that's nice uh, it's amazing. You, know, you, you, you know you know yeah. you we got to hear that story yeah we'll we get that tomorrow that we'll get all that right tomorrow. good Mandy will uh, tell us about how she has mail delivered by Todd Gurley that is perfect so as we wrap things up for uh, the Foss, for Chris, uh, for Adrian, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Hey, get ready. Chihuahuas baseball's next right here, 600 ESPN El Paso. We'll be back tomorrow from Vegas in the NFL Draft.